This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So hey everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Always Wolves Squadcast and I'm joined again by my co-host Manny. How you doing Manny? I'm doing fine, thank you very much for inviting and it's a bit strange doing it this way but we'll give it a go. And well yes exactly and also Kevin Rogers who you might have heard on recent episodes again joining us today with his 1974 shirt, is that right, Kevin? Indeed, yeah. CEO of Paycare, and also um, your um, is it patron or not patron? I'm a trustee of the trustee foundation. of the foundation. So we thought we'd all us three get together and uh, have a little natter. And hopefully, first off, I'll just apologise if the quality of the audio isn't what it would normally be if we were in a room together all mic'd up but at least we've got a little bit of content to share. Um, so first off, Premier League, football, how are we missing it? Um, how are we missing it? I think um, initially the shock of shutting down football was is pretty huge and um, we were all wondering straight away when will it be back, will it be behind closed doors, um, uh, what will happen with our tickets. Or, and now suddenly I think a lot of it has been put to the back of people's minds for now and filed away because of the the enormous scale of this, you know, pandemic, which let's be honest, I don't think any of us really knew the real truth and how much horror that it was going to cause. And, um, uh, you know, we know that people, <laughs> nobody lives forever, but to, to, you know, to lose loved ones in this way where there is no treatment, I think, but for us, I think it is in the back of our minds at the moment, but we're all thinking what will happen. But I don't think short term we're expecting anything to happen. Is it? No. Well, that, I mean, the, the Premier League, Kevin, um, you know, do we think it'll get finished? I think picking up from what Manny said, I think we, we do have to put all things in, into perspective at this time. Um, but it is, it is such a strange time for football. Um, 
it's not even like close season, is it? No. Where, when you've got all the kind of transfer speculation going on, is he going to sign? What transfer, you know, ridiculous stories are coming out. Um, the last one is still in the air. You've got nothing to, to really look forward to or to have any kind of time scale. Um, I think it will be finished. I, I think that there's too much um, liability with the Premier League, particularly from Sky and, and the broadcasters, not, not to get this finished. When that will be, goodness only knows. Um, I saw an article actually um, earlier on today talking about the financial situation and the uh, what the clubs will lose if it's not completed. The TV money, it's a it's a massive sum of money if they don't complete the season, uh, and it would affect even you know the the richest clubs. Um, so I mean that's I think some a lot of people, a lot of teams like uh, you know uh, bank on that money to succeed in their season so not having any of that will obviously they'll suffer like Kevin says I don't think anybody truly knows how this will pan out and I don't think the authorities do at the moment no one's really released any definitive you know time scales or anything UEFA has sort of indicated they want seasons finished to, on a certain date but then they say indefinitely uh, some people have even said this could go on most of the year and, and you could start the season in November, December and just almost finish this season off and just have a couple of cup, cup, cup competitions and almost right off the season because a new season hasn't started. This season's about 75-80% completed. Well, so, yeah, we've got like nine matches to go, isn't it? I mean, and I think, yeah. I think they probably will get the season finished personally. But I don't think you're going to see it restarting probably until June, at maybe mid-June at the earliest, and you'd probably be closed behind closed doors. There was um, well, there was an interview, wasn't there, done on the, um, which is a really good podcast, the Athletic Molyneux View podcast with Kobe, um, yeah. and he was saying they're desperate to finish it. It's, it's not ideal. It's not like not having the fans there, but they just want all that work that they've done to come to a a con conclusion one way or another. Not to do that would be soul-destroying, wouldn't it? I mean, you, you've seen that to a degree in, in the lower leagues. You know, as, as an organisation, we, we sponsor Darlaston Town and Bilston Town. Yeah. And they're devastated. Yeah. The, 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 the it's just finished. I mean, you also look at Wolves women. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you. If the season was to be null and voided, Liverpool 25 points... Um, in the league, you know, probably will win the league. Um, well, almost certainly will with that, without any shadow of a doubt. But should they be given the title? And that comes back to your point about Wolves women so far in front in their women's league. Yeah, there was a non-league side as well, weren't they? Sorry, there was a non-league side that had won twenty-seven out of their twenty-eight matches in one of the you know was so far ahead, and that's it. I think they're playing their their cup. Competition is still technically still on the FA Vars or the FA Trophy. They haven't cancelled those, but yeah, that is the situation to have that. And I think as you go up the scale of the leagues, when you get to the Premier League, because of the money involved, the decision to cancel it is a, a huge decision, isn't it? A massive you've decision. Got, you've not only got the the television money. You, I heard an interview on Talk Sport with Simon Jordan, and he was talking about 
almost the contingent liabilities, the, bit, the, the clubs have got with season tickets. So what happens with season yeah. tickets? Right. If you cancel the season, and he was talking specifically about Arsenal, and he estimated they've got a liability of 12 to 15 million pounds, that they yeah. would have to, in some way, reimburse season ticket holders. And that's Either that or they would have to sort of discount the tickets for the following season and say, look, a third of the season or a quarter of the season's gone. Yeah. We'll reduce ticket, season ticket prices by 25% for the following year. Maybe fans would accept that. Because you're right, if they don't play, even if they play the games behind closed doors, they've still got uh, the fans have paid that money. But yeah. when you look at the revenues, the, the, I mean, I think Wolves Gates is something like 2.5 million. And they, um, depending on where they finish in the league, currently they're 40 odd million for their TV rights. So it's a really minuscule proportion compared to the TV money. I think, you know, um, uh, the, the, because of the scale of the situation, if this was just a match that was cancelled because of the weather or something, this, is, this situation is so unique. There'll be a, a, a double thinking of fans where fans won't mind maybe suffering a little bit because of knowing that, you know, it's almost doing their bit to help their club as well because yeah. clubs will suffer it doesn't matter what size of club you are you'll still suffer to the, to a degree and there'll be there will be a thought amongst fans some fans that might think oh, I, you know we're fine do what you need to do we'll support you and obviously i, I think the club have already shown with paying all their staff with them uh, the community work that they've been doing that they're prepared to put extra money in a fosun have spent Devin will probably know how much millions and millions of pounds they've spent on this pandemic already so they're fully behind it i, I, I think the the our chairman uh, guo guangchang um hosted a zoom yesterday and he got all the doctors of the world and matt perry was on there the world's oh, really? doctor so he had him he had him included in this big do worldwide doctors conference and he wants to know and he, he wants their advice to see what he can do next to support them to find a find a cure for this. Well, that's so, fantastic. They have um, yeah, um, great. I think it's because of scaling. Yeah, sorry, carry on, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's great that the person are quite because obviously from China they've been trying to support. They've sent masks and um, and stuff over and stuff over to New Cross, haven't they? Um, I think in Wolverhampton as well. Uh, and some of the players have been doing their little bit to help. I think was it. Um, Jota that's uh, bought two... Um, Ruben Neves, yeah. Oh, was it Ruben Neves, was it, that's uh, bought two ventilators? Was it ventilators from his yeah. local hospital in Portugal? Yeah. You know? Picking up on what you said, Dave, about the fans accepting things, I think, I think fans will accept a lot that they wouldn't normally ex accept. Right. If they see the clubs behaving ethically, and I think we've seen that, Liverpool, you know, the backlash Liverpool got for what they did was quite right because mm. they didn't need to do that. And I think we can take really great pride in what Fosen were the first club yeah. to do it. They came they out, didn't they, and said, you know, all the non-playing staff, don't worry, we've got your backs, we're going to look after you. And like you're saying, Liverpool, and they've changed their decision because of the backlash, you know, fair play to them. But Tottenham, I think they're the seventh richest club in the world. It is, yeah, yeah. They're still doing that, and it, it does leave a bit of a, a bit of a bit of taste in people's mouths, doesn't it? In that respect, um, well, it will do when they go and spend sixty million on a player. 
exactly. As Wolves fans, I think we can be pretty proud of our owners and the way they do try and help. And uh, oh, you've probably seen them. Uh, uh, I saw that. Uh, Video was involved um, ringing one of the fans, and um, uh, you know it was hilarious because the club have been ringing elder or vulnerable supporters, former players, Kenny Abbott, uh, Steve Ball, uh, Matt Murray. They've all been joining in and making just random phone calls to to um, uh, fans. Well, that's that's an amazing. That's right, because actually my dad, he was eighty-three. He had yeah. a he had a phone call from Wolves. But it wasn't one of the players. It was someone okay. called Brad or something. But he, um, he knew him. Bradley Moore the... probably works for the foundation. Bradley. Yeah, Moore. he knew him off the YouTube channel when he told him, "Oh, it's Magic Moss on Dazzling Dave's YouTube channel." He was like, "Oh, really?" Um, he made my dad's day um, having the phone call. And I think that's a really nice touch that they've been doing as well. Um, this is where the foundation have been able to step in. Yeah, you know, a lot of the great work the foundation. They haven't been able to do, but again, they've taken this initiative. And fans really, really appreciate that, 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 that personal touch, don't they? Of the club just going over and beyond. Well, it's showing one of the yeah, Sorry, go on, Manny. And one of the evidences of that is I used to do Friday football, um, over 35s football. Obviously, that arena has been handed over by the owners to the council to help prepare the food parcels that are going to elderly and vulnerable. So um, uh, the, obviously the foundation have set up a WhatsApp group and they set us garden challenges every week and um, sort of um, give us these prizes that they'll give us when we get out. So we're all doing these, um, kicking the balls over the fence and You'd smashing our windows. Well, <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously everyone's been in the garden, the weather's been good. And um, yeah, so they've been keeping us actively involved because a lot of people went to that football not to play football just to have society and some people who suffered with mental health problems people who suffered with weight issues or any any issue they suffered with they went and had that release in that um in that event and for that event to be cancelled suddenly is a, a huge hole in people's lives so they've been really uh, brilliant luke shearing i've got to say and um lee walker carl akasov's been absolutely brilliant on that group and they've been really sharing uh fun and, and keeping in touch and random messages and, and just getting everybody involved so um uh, they i think they're doing that with all their health groups as well they have mental health head for health they've got all their separate groups are carrying on and one of the things as well obviously we'll come on to talking about the lockdown in a minute uh, obviously they've talked about this the chief medical officer that's been on um the briefings most of the days is people's mental health from being obviously having to stay in the house is very important especially people that have no support around them it's, so that's a key thing uh, that they're doing in the community to help with regards to that as well so the other thing is on the Europa League and I saw this again today the UE for president has come out to say that if it's not completed by September they're looking at abandoning potentially the Europa League and the Champions League. How would you feel about that? Absolutely gutted. Absolutely gutted. Um, if, if he's giving us till September, though, I, I, I could see being completed by September. Well, you don't... Yeah, I think, I think, I think um, uh, you know, it need, probably doesn't need to get completed, but um, 
there's, we're quite close, aren't we, to um, a resolution there that could reduce the semi-final to just a one match and the quarter-final to just a one match, just to, you know, obviously make it simpler to complete. That would only mean, technically, four matches. You know, the second leg that we had against Olympiacos, two matches and the final. There's only four matches they'd have to fit in. And even if that was every week or every Thursday for four consecutive weeks, I think fans would accept that. And um, I'm well, sure they will completely... They've, they've, they've talked about that. My view is that we've, we've all spent, as fans, a lot of money oh, travelling around, getting planes, accommodation, following the team. Um, we've, we've only been in first time in Europe in 40 years. It's been a fantastic journey. And for it all to be, considering they've been playing qualifiers since last July, to all to be abandoned, that, like you said, it'd be absolutely devastating. If we're going to go out, let's go out properly. Um, but there's another thing I mean, like talking about you, Manny. If they do play the like the quarters and the semis over one game, where will they play at neutral venue or and just maybe draw a lot and see who comes out and, and let's look at the draw. And the fans would accept it as long as there's a resolution at the end of it. Rather play a match, whether it's home or away, in a ninety minute game where you've got a chance to, to win on the field. So um maybe they don't need to that, maybe they can fit both legs in and we we, we get out of this situation very quickly. But if you look at, you know, um, the amount of time this um, pandemic has took in, say, China, they haven't resumed a lot of their events and stuff. And they've been going months, if not a year, have they? So, you know, well, exactly. The other thing is... One of the things I saw was, like, almost a mini World Cup tournament. Yeah. Whereby they bring all, all the teams... Yeah, in yeah. one country, and they're basically on lockdown in hotels. All the games are played in one or two cities locally, behind closed doors and screened live. A bit like the Club World Cup. That would be for the for the either the final eight, or depending on the final four, where they'd basically play all within a couple of weeks and like you, or a week or so, and you'd play the semis or the quarters and the semis and then the final. Uh, that's been mooted as but well. But Istanbul and Gdansk were set up, weren't they? They probably invested a hell of a lot of money for this on their hotel infrastructure, whatever, you know, their stadiums, uh, catering for, for all those fans to come for these two big events. So, you know, and so it, it would probably work in those cities where if you took the final four or the final eight and played it over a couple of weeks. And, yeah, and I think that would be, uh, be quite good. Again, it might be played behind closed doors, um, depending on when it is and what happens over the next couple of months. Um, but I think to get a resolution one way or the other, it, again, a bit like the Premier League, it, it just would feel heartbreaking if they didn't. Uh, yeah, well, again. If, if, if they didn't complete it, where do you start next year's tournaments? Who qualifies for next year's tournament? Well, this Do we is start the, again in July? This is the whole thing, isn't it? You, if you don't get a resolution to your season and everything's voided off, it's kind of like it never happened. <laughs> your season never happened and you start again with the same sides that were in the competition at the start of last season. Um, that's the only way, unless it Imagine gets resolved. Imagine qualify again. Sorry. Well, maybe. <laughs> Well, I don't think. But if, all, if they've got through to the last 16, you'd think that the teams that have got through that far would be guaranteed a spot. It's, it's, it's if they knock it all on the head and call it null and void, then 
if you think about the actual long-term thinking behind this, do people, do strikers' goals stand? Their achievements do, you know, it's quite, you know, so if someone scored 30 goals or something, they had their personally their greatest season ever, that's in, their, in the history books, is that wiped away? And the other thing um, I've thought about is because we're moving suddenly so far ahead now with this big gap, are there also players at clubs who probably were thinking one more year here, uh, you know, or I want to move on, or maybe I'll look at the next step. Will there be people might think, because you start thinking about your families and where you've come from and spending more time with your loved ones. And this episode has taught us all of that. So there, there might be some players who might think, you know, and it, we don't want that to happen. I'm sure Nuno and the club, but there could be the one or two who might think, you know, maybe I want to move on. I don't know. You know yeah, I, I think I think there's a, there's a point to that, Manny. I, I mean, um, watch listening um, to some of the things that are coming out about the players. You know, at the moment, it's kind of like they're, they're viewing it like they're in the off-season. They've got their training regimes, haven't they, from, um, from Wolves. They can't even... You know, if they want anything, it's been delivered by the club. Um, I mean, obviously, Martinho, Nuno, they've all gone back to Portugal and, you know, they're with their families and stuff. So they're getting this extra time with their families, but they're hungry footballers. They'll want to finish the thing. And what happens, Wolves quality, if Wolves win the Europa League or we qualify for the Champions League, they're still going to want to stay. I think the key for me is Nuno. If Nuno ever moves, that's when I think a lot of the players will, but you're always going to get some going out and some coming in. Um, what do you think, Kev? <laughs> well, I mean, you also got the, the, the issue with when majority of contracts expire, which is the, the 30th of June. So yes. we've got players' contracts coming up here. Mm-hmm. FIFA, those? FIFA have said there's going to be a, a universal contract extension uh, okay. to try and help with that. Um, I think they've come out and made a statement how that will work, but you're right. So a lot of players are out. There's a lot of in, in, in workplaces, there's a lot of people already who probably were in their 60s coming to the end of their careers. Now decided I'm retiring, I'm taking my pension right now because of the situation. They where the people who um and are it's made their decision for them, and sometimes it does affect your thinking when you're remember they play football, football is their life. That's what they've come here for. They came here to play football for Wolves and they love playing and they've embraced Saturday um, you know, or Sunday, Thursday football. They haven't complained about and, and now suddenly for that all to be taken away, they've got to occupy themselves. And when you occupy it, when you have periods of time at home where you've got nothing to do because they're not going to train 24 hours, you know, um, you, your mind starts to wonder and you start to think that you and, and you've got to, it's hard sometimes to keep everybody positive and, and thinking in the right because it's the football that made them do that so I'm sure Nuno is probably working really hard I think they've got their own WhatsApp groups of involved players in the FIFA I think John Ruddy Ruben Neves all, both joined in that Cardiff replay yeah, last night so, wasn't it? So I, think that, I think that's all part of parcel of trying to keep them occupied we give them something to do and, and give them other tasks apart from the, the training as well Let's move on to the, uh, obviously, to the lockdown. Um, how are you coping personally? Um, are you doing anything different? Are you watching anything that you could let the listeners 
know or read. And Kevin, um, as you're a business owner, how is it affecting you? So we might as well kick off with you and then go to to Manny because I know Manny's been involved in a little another one of his little projects that he's helping out with. Yes. Go on then, Kev. Um, well, you know, we my, my first and, and primary um, concern was our people and our people's safety. So on the 17th of March, we, we pretty much made the decision that, that we were up in and sticks and working from home, which was a, a massive logistical exercise. Um, but we managed it in a couple of days. Um, and within a couple of days, we, we were up and running from from home and continuing to to, to maintain the service that, that we got. Um, f- for our business, um, particularly, um, we, we're, a, we're a financial services business, so we have to hold quite big amounts of capital, and that generally is in, 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 in stocks and shares. And we all know what's happened. To, 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 they, they've fallen twenty five percent, which is, which gives us massive challenges. Um, but we, we we're fortunate. We we are fortunate. We, we have enough cash to see yeah. us through. Um, we we've also been really conscious that, that people have got real financial um, limitations at the moment. So we're reaching out to, to all our customers, individual and, and companies, to see how can we help them through this period. Um, just being as flexible as, as we possibly can. Um, but we touched on it earlier. The, I mean, we, we, we've got a mental health uh, side to our business. Um, so again, we've been reaching out to individuals, to, to, to companies, to see what we can do to help them with the mental health for, for their individually and for, for their people at, at this time. Because I think in the next two to three weeks, we, we're, we're going to be climbing the walls. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? The longer it goes on, the more people are at home, the more that, you know, that, that, that side of thing comes in yeah. into play. And it's difficult. I mean, if you've got a house with a garden, um, you can get out in the garden or, you, you know, if you, if you live in a one-bed flat... And yeah. it's difficult. And you're on your own. And yeah. you're on your own. Exactly. It's, it's really hard. And yeah, it's it's such a balance that I wouldn't want to be making these decisions. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's one of the challenges we've, we've had as a business is, you know, we have a lot of young parents working for us. And yeah. suddenly, not only are they expected to work from home, they're expected to be child minors, they're expected to be school teachers. So as an organisation and a business, you've got to say, we can't operate as normal. Normal's not possible. Yeah. So what can we do? What flexibility can we give the individuals that, that it does look after their mental health? To, and to that's a challenge for... I think that's a challenge for all businesses. From my, my, my business, who I work for, um, I'm involved in marketing and mainly dealing with the likes of, you know, restaurants and spas and, you know places They're that people go to they've all closed so i've sort of been put onto that furlough um yeah. status um for the time being uh which i think is a, a good thing that they, they obviously the government have done to help businesses that genuinely need that so they don't lose staff i know manny um you've been in having to be in self-isolation haven't you for 14 days i think you go you work on the railways you go back to work but you're always keeping busy yes. anyway You've got yeah, so I, I work for the railways and we have to carry on. We've um, thinned down our 
passenger service, but freight, we're moving some like 370,000 tonnes every week of produce and, and equipment. So uh, the railways has to operate. It is a signalling centre that I work in, about 40 of us in a building. So it's a, a risk environment that we're going to. Um, my wife had symptoms, so I had to self-isolate. She's recovered, thankfully. And then my sister had symptoms. She's recovering. So my 14 days is over today. Um, yeah, I've kept myself busy. Um, uh, you probably noticed uh, me very busy on social media, which is unlike me. Um, <laughs> you own social media, man. No, no. Well, what happened was there was a fan who came up with an idea. He knew a, a singer, um, a girl who owns the Leaping Wolf in um, town, and her name's Kelly Ward, and he wanted to produce a, a single, a track for the, the staff at New Street, uh, New Cross. I keep saying New Street because I'm from our way, but... but um, uh, at New Cross Hospital, so she got in touch with uh, four other friends and um, they worked hard and they produced this amazing cover version of um, True Colours by Cindy Lauper and um, uh, uh, they've added their own little rack to it and they sort of contacted me because they wanted a bit of a hand pushing the fundraising and, and getting it on social media so I've got to know these people who I've never met like and I've been living with them day and night and we've been working on this project it's on bbc midlands today um uh, it's been on and it, it's been being aired on itv as well and, and we've raised about seven and a half thousand pounds up to now and we've got an assurance from the um, trust at new cross in writing that all the money will be spent on the welfare of all the staff from the porters cleaners to the doctors and nurses for their, you know, whether it's improving their facilities they have, their rest areas or whatever, it's it's for the welfare of the staff. That's what the singers were passionate about. And um, uh, so, we, yeah, I've been working on that and that's kept us really, really busy. And I managed to sort of get hold of some surgical masks. And I've distributed that. Initially, yeah. yeah, initially got my sons because they were sort of my son drives and he was really, and he said, Dad, I want to do something. So we managed to get hold of some. And, and we put a tweet out and you know on Facebook, and we got a suddenly had a list of people, the elderly, loved ones, or vulnerable people who would like masks and they couldn't get all. So we did drops. We just dropped them through the letterbox, no social contact, and um, uh, and that kept them busy for a bit until we were struck down and and like we've been inside. So being inside, making the most of it. Also. On top of that, I, I decided to launch my own cooking channel on YouTube. Yeah, that was um, good. If you, yeah, yeah, I, I used to put the odd recipe on Facebook, and, and it was a fan who kept saying to me, you've got to do a book. Manny, you might as well plug it now. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's Manny's Punjabi Dabba. It's spelled D-H-A-B-A. Dabba is basically a highway stop on a road in India that sells food. So... It's on YouTube. It's on my social media. You can, you can oh, what it. I'll do as well, Manny, when I upload this up onto my yeah, my channel, Dazzling Dave, I'll put the link to your little, uh, yes. your, your 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 food channel, and I'll also put the link to the video uh, yeah. of the girls singing. It's a um, Cindy Lauper, isn't it? Uh, True Colours, beautiful. True Colours, yeah. It's a Facebook page called Voices for New Cross. It's yeah. Like the, the big thing is not the single. It's actually. The fact that on the page, all the nurses and all the staff have been uploading their pictures and their TikTok dances, and it's become a, a forum for them to visit of energy where they've been connecting with each other. It's almost become their page; they own it, Which and it's fantastic. given them a, a new bit of energy to go to work with. So, um, uh, yeah, please follow it. 
watch the watch the track donate if you can and you don't have to just sharing a message is a donation so exactly and, 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 the, and just the cooking support. channel i just do want to say it is the aim is to get enough subscribers and enough views to raise funds for dementia uk so which is a passion very very you do a lot a lot of motion it's actually very very close to your heart so yeah, i mean yeah, whilst so we're we've on got some, um, we've got some serious food critics of pay care <laughs> critiquing your cooking Oh no! You know what? <laughs> the masala shouldn't go in there. They you know what? <laughs> Kevin, my wife has been watching them and saying, "What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? You why have you put the masala in there?" But I've tried to sort of aim it as I'm a bloke at home. And suddenly, I have to cook, so I'm going to give it a go. So I always do say in there, "Give it a go. If you get it wrong, try again." And they even say like things. Just throwing the masala in, <laughs> you know. So it's not perfection. Um, hopefully, nobody will suffer from it. I do cook it quite mild as well, so I can probably say she's probably she probably had a word. You, you <laughs> guessed, you guessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, you know, even my mom, my mom and dad are in lockdown in India, total lockdown. They're in their seventies, but they're in a community in, in a block of flats where they've got a lot of company, so they're coping very well. And my mom. Uh, she um she's been watching them and I'm refusing to answer her calls. <laughs> oh fantastic. Uh, the bottom line though, Manny, does it taste good? It tastes brilliant, mate. That's you put it, it, you put some chili in anything, it tastes it tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put lots of chili in it, doesn't matter, does it? Have you been does watching any um any any series or a film or any programme or a book? For people sitting at home that think, other than obviously listening to the podcasts and watching YouTube and stuff that you've you've done, I watched my football fix. So I've just been. I've, I mean, I've recorded pretty much every Premier League game we've ever played in. You know the highlights. So catching up on that. But there's some great stuff coming out about past season, seasons, like the the season reviews. Yeah. So just just catching up on some of those and. I tell you what, as well, if there any um, one out there, check out the my channel because of my vlogs from uh, from all the from the season. You can rewatch some of those as well. But there's a film I watched called Green Book, um, which I never heard of. I just watched it randomly, and um, I put it out on Twitter, and a few people have come back to me and they said on their thing, I said, "Oh, just remember you saying about this. It's a really uplifting film." So that would be one I would. Uh, I would go out, go out there. I'm trying to read the um, the Carla Kimi book as well. I've right. got that. Said so working my way through that as well. I, I I've got out a book. I, I I rarely read, and I got this book out, and it's been sat on the coffee table for two weeks now. And Lindsay's dead. <laughs> I'm putting it I'm away. Reading You're not right reading yet. it. Are you? You're just looking at the cover. It's gone. It's gone now. Someone, someone said, someone put one of these. You know, all these challenges going on social media. Name your five best so and so, and then you nominate five. Someone said, somebody said, um, what's your five all-time um, TV programs? And I think I put it ain't half hot, Mark. Classic. George and Mildred. You know, I put all things that I watched in George the 80s, and I Mildred. Blooming hell, man! I haven't watched any TV. Honestly, I, I, I even the news. Even the news, we've switched off now because you're getting all the tweets and the texts anyway, so you're following it. And um, uh, so we've we sort of put that to. Uh, we've got five people in our house, and, and my sister, she lives with us at the moment, and she's suffering. So 
we've got a big household and and there's plenty to get on with and, and occupy so everyone's being you know the kids actually washed the cars today i even photographed them for you know that's gonna go in there that's gonna go go on my wall i saw my kids wash my cars there fantastic well guess what as we're recording this today a year ago today it is the semi-final Watford um so I thought you know throw this out a year on what your your overwhelming memories of that day and how you're feeling now a year on I've still I've I've literally just managed to watch the replay of it I I couldn't I couldn't do it I still haven't before I, I caught up on it um it was devastating day it, it, it was no it was a it was a fantastic day until they scored their first goal and then yeah. it was devastating um somebody said the journey back was awful i can't actually remember the journey back it was just a complete but uh blur washed out of my mind but you know where what has our journey been like since then it, that's it's been right. incredible hasn't it it has my, my memories is we had this crazy idea. Obviously, we wear the turbans as the same colour as the tops, so we bought some jogging bottoms exactly. So we looked like three bloody bananas walking down Wembley Way. And, um, <laughs> you know, and we've still got those jogging You're bottoms. You're trying to sell them, aren't you, money, aren't they? <laughs> we've never, never, ever touched them ever again. So I don't know whether I'm going to sell them or get rid of them or just burn them in the garden, <laughs> you know. And to be honest, it was it was magical. The like Kevin says, it was the whole weekend and the fans and the you know the camaraderie and the excitement. And you know, let's when when I think back, I haven't watched the highlights at all. And when I think back to that Raul goal, it was one of the best goals I've ever seen Wolves score. The way he took it down and volleyed it in in at Wembley, and I still can't even bring myself to even watch that. Because I know what happened afterwards. I know. I, I've got it saved as, as well, Manny, and I, I still haven't watched it back. I, my dad, since I've been a little boy, um, you know, has always said, one day we'll go to the FA Cup final and we'll sing Abide We Me. It's my dad's dream. He's 83 now. And I was upset more for him. Uh, after, yeah. I mean, I was devastated, but, like, my dad was holding back the tears because it was it was within 60 seconds of his lifelong dream to go to an FA Cup final with his son um, and like he's well, 83 I but... wouldn't have been there um, believe it or not I was I was scheduled to go to India and I couldn't get out the trip, I, know. So I would have missed the FA Cup final and I remember John Bray from the BBC you know we all follow on, on Twitter um, John actually said to me oh when you're in India when you're watching this uh, um, I said it'll be on a rooftop because you don't get much signal where I am. And he goes, wherever you are, get somebody to record you watching it and we'll put it in a piece if we, you know, it'll be what an amazing moment, somebody watching all those. So, in a way, you know, maybe I'll kill a stick by not, I don't know. But it was, it was, it was, it was proper pain, wasn't it? The feeling was like, you can't describe that feeling. It's probably one of the worst feelings that I've had in football, to be honest. But... There's been a discussion going on on social media recently, as about what what's the worst feeling you've had. Yeah, and I still have to say Bolton. Bolton. I said Bolton as well, and and the reason I said Bolton, I didn't go to the, the away game, Kev. You you guys probably did. I went to the home match. We totally dominated the home match, 
only won two one. Peter Shilton of all players was about sixty five or whatever age he was. And he was making save after save after save. It was the best performance under Graham Taylor, I think we've ever sort of had. Bolton weren't a decent side. And and the image of Bully on that pitch, oh, just even thinking of it now, when he's when he's got his head in his hands and he's just sitting there and there's no one around him and because that was his that was his that, that was the Chance. prime opportunity for him to make it into the Premier League and he missed out and oh, that was I agree with Kev that pain I, I guess it also it's kind of tempered with, with what what came after the Watford game compared to what came after the Bolton yeah that's right yeah. well that's the thing I mean the irony is Watford never won a game after that they got whopped in the final 6-0 by Man City, and I think we could have, we would have given Man City a better game and possibly even beaten them in the final. Um, and then obviously we've gone on this European journey uh, ever since, up until obviously it's all come to a grinding halt because of the situation. But so there is that cloud, as they say, every cloud has a silver lining, and that was kind of our silver lining. Well, I, I, Lindsay said to me, she said. I was gutted, but I wasn't that gutted because I knew we'd be here many times afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have that feeling, even right. if you listen to the experienced voices of people who've been through the doldrums, following walls, and, and the gutting. When we lost in the past, the feeling was, oh no, this was our chance. We lost our chance. It won't come again. The feeling after Watford, even though it was tragic, it was, we're going to be here again. We're going to be up at these stages again. We're here to stay. The players we've got, the quality of players we've got, and attracting, and the manager we've got, is above and beyond anything we've had for decades in our lifetimes. You know, so. And I think that they'll yeah. be stronger for that. I think Nuno learnt a lot from that game. Um, you know, I think he will have learnt a lot with how that game was managed. I think he made some changes, didn't he? And, Probably in hindsight wouldn't have taken off all our, you know, all of our creative players. Um, but like you say, you just you learn from it. And this team, like I said to my dad, and my dad believes it as well. We will be winning the FA Cup final in the next two or three years, and you know, hopefully, yeah, many other trophies as well. Because we like what you say, Manny. The team's just getting stronger and stronger as long as we hold it together and we improve on it. I mean the the team is it's not just the quality is it and the talent it's that team spirit that they've got and that's what we take a great pride out of I think. Yeah, I think um uh, you know this this break if you think about it, Wolves I don't think any any side matched Wolves in the number of games we played and we were all sort of fearful weren't we? we were thinking it'll catch up it's gonna catch up and we've had one or two performances that have been below bar but in general the recoveries we've made after playing on a Saturday, sorry, on a Thursday, and come on the Sunday and beat in Spurs and beat City away, and and after a big we've, European away, we we but this is probably you know obviously nobody wants to break for three or four or five months, but it all we will have a you know a positive, will be a, a refreshed, energetic side raring to go, you know, for for everybody. So. Exactly. So we did win a trophy uh, actually. Oh, yeah. Was it yes yeah. yesterday? Um. <laughs> The ultimate quarantine cup. For those that don't know what that was, it was basically Leighton Orient decided to put this fun thing together in a tournament to try and raise money. I think they've raised over £60,000, which is fantastic, and invited 64 teams to take part in a FIFA competition. 
Well, they had, the response was that good. They ended up with 128 teams from Australia to Outer Mongolia to like Germany, Britain, all over the world, you know. And 128 teams, Wolves, eSports, um, who, you know, they, they've got a really good eSports uh, playing. I think he's the fifth best in the world or something. Um, got to the final through sort of like six games and won the final 2-1 yesterday. So we uh, Wolves put that uh, tweet out, did they, of uh, Connor Cody lifting the trophy. It was fantastic. So we have won a trophy this year. <laughs> Sign of things to come, perhaps. Yes, the trophy of the year. Exactly. I mean, did you watch it, any of it? Have you watched any of it? My son watched it. My son watched a little bit of it and he says... Dad, we're lucky here. <laughs> and I said, what are you watching? And I went over to say, and I don't like FIFA. I can never join in because I'm rubbish at it. Whenever I go, he just beats me 6 or 7 nil, And I just throw the controller. And I've never gone into it. But yesterday, I only watched the bit when they walked down the middle of the pitch, the team, and they went on the podium. Then Connor stepped forward. And my heart was going on. Fluttering, yeah. It was great, wasn't it? It was weird. It was like, what am I doing here? Because we missed football, don't we? I th- and I think it's sort of like, give, and, and watching the Cardiff game back last night, watching that, it's like, and then seeing us lifting a trophy, it's kind of like, I know it's virtual reality and it's not real, but it's almost like one day this is going to happen. And it was great. We, were, we got through, we've got a good record when getting to a final. It's just semi-finals, isn't it? How many FA Cup semi-finals in a row have we lost? Oh, yeah. Is it four or five? Five. Yeah. So next next time... Um, I've I've got a couple of questions, um, going on to the Q and A session, and um, there's one that's really quite interesting here from Adam uh, S G, who says, "Who has had the biggest impact since joining Wolves? Would that be Adama Traore, Raúl Jiménez, or Diogo Jota?" Um, I you know what. I've got a picture. I'm in my son's room, so I'll just show you the picture. This is one I prepared earlier. <laughs> this is one I prepared earlier. Not him. Not him. He's out. This one here. Raul Jimenez, I think, um, you know, Jota had been there the season, and um, we knew he had talent. Um, but striker, that position, is always, like, the key pinnacle. He's the one that gets people, you know, he scores the goals, he takes the adulation, and we didn't really know about this guy. Didn't have the best of records. Maybe he didn't have a chance, and 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 I think he's been sensational. The, the way he plays brings people in. His energy, his work rate, off the field as well. The way he conducts himself, like all the players do. So for me, um, obviously, Adama Traore has improved this season and gone on, you know, to a level where anything's possible for him. But um, you know, Bully was our king, number nine, the last one. After that, we've had several decent strikers, but this is the first one since him that you serve and look for. So you're, you're going with Jimenez? Yeah. Kev? I'm, I'm glad you answered that first, Manny, because it gave me a chance to think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go with you, because ultimately it's about goals, isn't it? And we, we've had decent teams before. Um, Converting those chances, isn't it? And at, and at this level, it's such a, it's so it goes, it's almost blindingly obvious, isn't it? But it's so important that you do convert those chances. You know, you go, 
he could go back into last year and Jimenez would just come up with that one goal, didn't he? Yeah. Makes the difference. Huge. We're not we're not regular prolific goal scorers, are we, Kev? So that his goals aren't a hat trick in a five bill win. They they are like the one he scored it the way at Spurs. What a goal that was the way he cut back and curled it. <laughs> Fantastic thing. What a pass though that was from Jot from Jota. How Jota got away and I mean what he did to pull away, then surge away from them players and then play that pass into Jimenez. That you know, there is an argument, isn't there, for, for Diogo Jota. Troy's obviously improved a lot. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a hat trick and go with Raul Jimenez. And the reason for it, I think Jota's got a really strong, bright future, but he does tend to play in bursts, doesn't he? He goes through purple patches. And if he could get that consistency. But Jota, um, Raul, he's a complete striker in the air. The way he holds the ball up, he brings people into play. The the vision that he's got and, and he's finishing. I mean, he wasn't really much in that game against Tottenham. But yet, when it came to it, he scored that goal. Um, so I'll probably think at this point in time, a hat trick for me, RJ RJ nine. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Who do you reckon is the one player that you thought, oh my God, someone who surprised you this season? Where you Pedro Neto. Oh, that was quick. Pedro Neto. <laughs> um, because I wasn't expecting anything from him, and he's just. I mean, if you saw again against Tottenham, you saw that one thing where he, 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 he was on the byline and how he got past like all them players and made them fall on their ass and look stupid. He is like Jota Mark II. He, he's nineteen. He's 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 really surprised me. So I know Troy would probably say he's probably the most improved, but Pedro Neto for me. <laughs> Neto, go on then, Kev. You go next, then we we'll go to Manu. Troy for me. I didn't think he was capable of of the level of, of play and, and the intelligent play that, that he's displayed this year. He's obviously got raw talent um, and, and raw speed, but again, it's credit to Nuno and the coaching team, isn't it? But, oh, unbelievable! You can see he's coached. Um, you look at all the players; how they've improved under Nuno. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got Villa fans that, that were saying. He'll never do anything at all. And now you see him. Uh, if he's on some, he's unplayable against any player in the world because they, they will not be able to, to cope yeah. with him. So that was, to me, is astonishing. But You're Traore then. I'm Neto. So Manny. Yeah, well, um, Kevin and Manny are going to beat you 2-1. Oh, you're going Traore. I'm going Traore. Neto is, again, it's a total surprise and he's totally fantastic and if Yotta doesn't play Neto when he comes in he's at the same level for me um, already it seems, seems to be but Traore at the end of the season could have got a, a bid of you know 15 20 million the fans who would have happily and not not many of us would have moaned if he had moved on because we thought oh, there's a lot of work there there's no end product he's just running down blind alleys and then I start thinking what you know, when Nuno said he needs a small squad, he only likes working with a small squad, it's because of the amount of time he gives to each player, mostly. Because the amount of time he must have spent with Triora to coach and encourage and cajole that ability out of him, because it's a different player, a totally different player, 
um, this season to last season. And maybe that's one of the reasons, because he, he spends so much time with each individual player. If he had 40 players on his box or 30 players on his box, he wouldn't be able to get around them all. So um, uh, for me, Traore, um, and as a person, he looks a bit, you know, he's all sort of hench and, you know, he wears different hairstyles and he looks <laughs> crazy clothes. But he's actually, when you, he... He's a nice bloke. His speech, he's very, very quiet and down to earth. He has a deep belief in his faith as well, which gives him a lot of, you know, encouragement, I'm sure. So um, for me, he, he has, like, I, I agree with with um, Kevin that when Jürgen Klopp comes out and says oh my god he's up what do you do he was just you know that, that game against Liverpool the one we obviously didn't win um, uh, but we absolutely second half hammered them you know um, Traore is just you know someone when he's on the pitch every single player look at that Tottenham was it that Tottenham match where every Tottenham player just yeah. took it turns to just basically foul him. It was like <laughs> that was at home against Molyneux. That was a Mourinho uh, tactical class. Each of you get a yellow and stop him. And it, it worked on him that day. So it was great that we got the uh, the revenge, wasn't it? At the, uh, I mean, that was the last away day and it was a fantastic away day. So 2-1. There's one other question here um, to ask, which is very quick answers before we get on to uh, saying tra to everyone. Uh, Jack Grealish... Would you have him at Wolves in the summer if you if we yeah, could? <laughs> Go on, Kev. What's your thoughts? So I wouldn't touch him with a barge ball. Okay, Manny. You know what? When you look at football ability, obviously he's got football ability. He scores goals and he um, uh, creates chances. But the thing is, you've got to have a mentality about you. And I don't think Nuno would accept that type of mentality. And Jack hasn't hasn't. Developed this for a, you know, he's been like that for a number of years. He's had these problems in his past. Still seems like he's got these issues. I mean, what he did just recently was just atrocious. When every player is trying to support, encourage people to stop inside, they're all showing training videos of themselves. Look at the Wolves players, the way they've been training in their living rooms and posting those videos in their gardens, not just for themselves, because they're showing the fans we're doing it. You do the same. You stay indoors. You play in your gardens. Follow us. And they've been setting in the example. And for him to do what he did recently was really... It's almost like if he was working for a company, it's a sackable event. Well, I, I, that's where I agree with you. And I think that's the thing. I think he's an immensely talented player. You can't argue with that. But in terms of maturity and his attitude... Like you say, go on Twitter and post that out. And then the next day, he's caught drunk, crashing into it. It's like... You, I don't think I think that would destabilize the Wolf squad, and and it's the person as well as the talent. And I think like you, Manny, I don't think Nuno would want that near our dressing room. Jack Grealish will probably mature, and you know, in two or three years' time, maybe. But right now, I don't think so. Remember Mario Balotelli? You know, it was like he had loads of talent, but you thought, oh my god, if he ever went into a dressing room, he'd ruin it. Paul Pogba. You know, he's gone into the Man United dressing room and, and there's been... You know, and you've only got to say that you impact the Bruno Fernandes again with that Portuguese mentality, a bit like what we've got, and the difference he's made to United. Again, it's all to do leading by... I mean, Matinho's like that for Wolves. He's like that winner and he, he inspires everyone else around him. So I think that's a, 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 no, a no thank you for Jack Grealish then, yeah? Uh, no thanks. Thank you, but no thanks. Uh, well, thanks to... 
what, what I think we've got in our dressing room is maturity, even from young lads. It's amazing. Roles, maturity, and it yeah. goes from Neto through to Matinho. 100%. You know, some of the childlike behaviour that Greenish demonstrates would the last five minutes. You know, in, in the past, we've always had players, you always get some players that don't turn up to training or was caught in a bar or was seen with a, in the papers with a woman. You know, this type of thing has always gone on, even with all squads. We've had, we've had players in the past who have done things like When we went relegated down to League One, yeah. for example. Nothing comes, nothing comes out of that squad because nothing happens. They're in the media. They're in their Instagram stories. They're, they're, they're more accessible than ever, so they're not hidden away. So we're, we're there to see what the Wolves players are like and nothing ever, ever remotely comes out to reflect anything. No, absolutely players. positive. It's got to be the leadership, hasn't it? Well, 100%. Well, thanks to um, you guys for joining us again on the, on this particular one. It's been a good one. Um, hopefully, everyone's going to enjoy listening to this. I'll, I will put this one up on my uh, Dazzling Dave YouTube channel as well, and I will put the, the links to those two channels um, and video in the description box below. So just, uh, Kev, give us your socials for anyone that wants to follow you on social media. Uh, Kevin underscore Rogers of Paycare. Manny, your socials? Yeah, Pedal Single, Manny Singkang on Facebook. Uh, my socials, Dazzling Dave on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Always Wolves as well on Facebook and also uh, on Twitter. And I've, I've, again, apologise if the sound quality of this isn't quite what it would be if we were all together in a room with mics, but I hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, please leave us a rating on the, on your podcast, and until the next one, from all of us... Keep safe, look after yourselves, always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.